Hello, hello, you've been rerouted. I'm your host, teacher, writer, and self-titled travel junkie, Emily. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and this podcast is for the wander woman in all of us. I'm here to explore all things travel and adventure through the female lens, shedding light on issues, sharing tips, and of course, storytelling along the way. Whether you're a nomad or a noob, I hope this show is a source of inspiration, giving you the tools you need to help you start your next journey, whatever that may be, confidently. And hey, in case no one's told you lately, you are brave, you are beautifully made, and you deserve the world. As long as we don't die, this is going to make one hell of a story. Tom Green. Again, friends, I have a very fun episode lined up for you today. We are diving into the subject of hostel living, which honestly, when I first started this, I thought, how am I ever going to fill an entire episode about hostels? Then as I began writing, I started peeling back the layers of hostel life like an onion, layer by layer, remembering stories and other great bits of info that I can't wait to share. For example, Did you know that many hostels provide community dinners, happy hours, and one in Portugal even has an adult-sized ball pit? I once stayed in a hostel in Interlock in Switzerland that had an 80-foot water slide. So if you think you've made up your mind about hostels, don't count them out just yet. And hey, I know hostels aren't for everyone, but it's my hope that by the end of this episode, you walk away with a little more knowledge and at least a few myths debunked. So get ready because today may be an information overload and it starts right now. Let's start out by diving into a little bit of hostel history. The first reported hostel was built in 1909 in a schoolhouse in Altina, Germany. Richard Sherman, a German teacher who worked in the school building, noticed groups of school children needed a place to stay while visiting the countryside. The school, being empty during the summer, was the ideal place for kids to spend a night while exploring the surrounding area. The schoolhouse remained operational until 1912, when it was relocated to the nearby castle of Altina, where it still, for $30 a night, welcomes travelers today. Seriously, you can live out your royal fantasies for just $30 a night. You just gotta be willing to share a bathroom with a few people. A few years later, in 1919, Richard Sherman founded the first German Association of Youth Hostels. You will sometimes see contemporary hostels referred to as youth hostels and others referred to as just hostels, though there is no distinction between the two names. Hostel, youth hostel, makes no difference. And I wanna be very clear, you do not have to be a youth at all. These days, you will find people in their 80s staying in youth hostels, so if you're questioning whether or not to stay in a hostel, age should not be a factor. This leads me to my next question. What are hostels exactly, and who are they best suited for? It's hard to really define what a hostel is and isn't, and that's because no two hostels are alike. I've stayed in dorms with four beds and dorms with 16 beds. I've stayed on queen-size mattresses, cots, hammocks, and in space pods. I've stayed in hostels that offered free yoga classes and movie nights, hostels with rooftop bars and beachfront views, old castles and new warehouses. 
In the most general sense, booking a hostel implies you are booking shared accommodation in a dorm room. You are booking essentially a bed and maybe a few other amenities, which means if you're traveling in a group, each person needs to book their own bed. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but someone out there may be wondering, so I'm just gonna say it, yes, that includes couples too. And you'll be glad for it because most of the time those beds are tiny and you're gonna want your own space. There are two main differences between hostels and hotels, the price and the people. Hostels are far less expensive than the cost of a hotel room, even when you factor in splitting a single room with multiple people. An average hostel in Rome, near the Colosseum, will run you about $30 a bed, while an average hotel room in that same neighborhood will cost $140. Hostels also come with a shared social experience. The social atmosphere in hostels is totally unique, and it's what makes hosteling so addictive. It can transform your trip from a sightseeing tour into a more meaningful experience. You'll meet new friends from all over the world. You'll cook together, drink together, go on adventures together. You'll get tips from the hostel staff, some of whom might have exclusive local knowledge and others who are travelers just like you. This is honestly the biggest selling point of hostels. You never know who you'll meet while staying in a hostel, which adds an element of excitement that's hard to get if you're holed up on your own in a hotel room. And if you're on the antisocial side like me, many hostels arrange events to encourage mingling, such as group tours, cooking classes, bar crawls, and family-style dinners. These are great, especially for the solo traveler. In addition to convenience, these experiences are often less expensive and exclusive to hostel guests, which means you can usually find a spot last minute. Of course, my favorite hostel experience is probably the bar crawl. I've bar crawled across Rome, Budapest, Barcelona, Medellin, and had some of the best nights of my life meeting people from all walks of life, including Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Best night ever. Travel writer Amy Baker sums up the type of people likely to stay in a hostel quite nicely. Quote, you never know who you're going to end up sharing a beer with. I've met people cycling from Chile to Alaska, a dude who survived a crocodile attack, a professional touring clown, an 80-year-old born-again backpacker. I've hung out with metal bands, sports teams, politicians, and ex-soap actors. Hosteling gives you a chance to meet people you'd never encounter in your day-to-day -day life. It's what makes it unique, and it's why it's always my top choice when I travel." End quote. So the short answer is that hostels are for everyone. There isn't just one type of person that stays in a hostel while they travel. The majority of hostel guests are budget conscientious, solo travelers, backpackers, students, digital nomads, and gap year travelers under the age of 35. But the fact that many hostels are now as luxurious and stylish as boutique hotels mean that more and more people are falling in love with the style of accommodation. Wait, hold on. Luxury? Hostels? Yes. I'm not gonna say they are in every city, but they are out there for sure. And if you come across one of these, prepare to be amazed because in terms of facilities, many hostels have everything you would expect from hotels and much more, including pools, shared social spaces, outdoor areas, bars with live music and happy hours, laundry facilities, continental breakfasts, communal kitchens, free Wi-Fi, and high-tech security. And these aren't just your typical college dorms either. Many are really sleek and modern with fancy in-suite bathrooms and really nice sheets, actually. With all these great 
options and features. How did Hostels get such a bad rap? Well, the movie Hostel, produced by Quentin Tarantino, was released in 2005 and ever since has been giving Hostels a bad name. The film is about a mysterious organization that tortures and kills kidnapped tourists. It actually has very little to do with staying in the hostel itself. The plot goes like this. College students Paxton and Josh travel across Europe with their Icelandic friend Oli. While in the Netherlands, they visit an Amsterdam nightclub followed by a brothel. Unable to get back into their hostel because of a curfew, they accept the offer of a man named Alexi to stay at his apartment. He convinces them that instead of going to Barcelona, they should visit a hostel in Slovakia filled with beautiful women. Here's where I go, really? First of all, I've never stayed in a hostel that actually had a curfew. Most hostels have 24-7 reception, security staff, and key cards for the rooms to make sure guests and only guests can get into the hostel. Furthermore, um, hello, stranger danger? But in typical horror movie fashion, the main characters make the worst decision ever, and the three board a train to Slovakia where they hook up with their gorgeous roommates before being drugged and kidnapped. Josh wakes up in a dungeon-like room where he is later tortured and killed. It's over the top and gory, everything people love to see in scary movies, but frankly unrealistic. Besides, if you ask me, Josh's tragic death was more a result of poor decision making than choice of accommodation. And hey, I'm not going to say bad stuff has never happened in a hostel. I only had to Google has murder ever happened in a hostel to find that there's actually an infamous hostel in South Africa, which has been home to like over 150 murders. It's literally known for crime activity, which makes me go, okay, then maybe just avoid that hostel then? Maybe don't stay there? There have also been instances of suicide, kidnapping, and robberies in hostels, but the likelihood of these happening is just as high, if not higher, in hotels. If you travel often enough, no matter where you stay, eventually you're going to run into something unpleasant, and when it happens, just like anything else, you learn from it. My first ever hostel experience happened in 2010. My friends Ariana and Ali and I were staying in a hostel near Delhi, India, while we waited for our train to Udaipur. During the three nights we stayed there, we only ever had one roommate stay in the room with us, and other than the housekeepers, we were the only ones who had access to the room. One day, while we were all out, one of our locked cabinets was forcibly pried open. Allie's iPod and some cash was stolen, and her things were rummaged through. Had the perp only pried open the other cabinet, they would have found Ariana's $7,000 professional video camera and all of our passports. We tried to alert the hostel staff, but it quickly escalated into a yelling match with the housekeeping staff in Hindi. Really, it was more like them yelling at us and nothing was ever resolved. After that, we literally slept with our things under us and took the camera everywhere we went. Since then, I've definitely been more careful about where I stay. And the worst experience I can report from a hostel is some monstrous snoring from a dude in Reykjavik, Iceland, and the Peru pee incident. More on this and how you can choose a safe hostel when we come back after the break. Since there 
are so many different types of hostels. The question isn't, are hostels right for me? The question is, how do I know if I'm choosing the right hostel for me? It's all about how willing you are to comb through the options, read reviews, and sacrifice one amenity for another. Is it super important to you that you have a private room? That's okay. Many hostels provide that as an option, but they may be in a more inconvenient location or over your budget. So it's good to have a list of two to three non-negotiables going into your search. Of course, too many must-haves and you'll never find anything, so keep that list pretty short. Luckily, many sites, including hostelworld.com, have a filter feature that allows you to select the features that are most important to you, such as rating, price, and location. You can also filter it to find hostels that offer specific room accommodations, such as girls-only dorms, co-ed dorms, and private rooms. That will at least help you narrow down your choices. Of course, the further you book in advance, the more options you'll have available. The good hostels with good reputations usually go fast. From there, you can usually tell from the photos what type of hostel it is. There are three main hostels to consider depending on what you want your experience to look like. The party hostel, the eco-friendly hostel, and the boutique hostel. Photos will indicate what type of place it is. Party hostels will often show pictures of large groups of laughing, probably intoxicated people lounging around a pool or playing beer pong. These hostels are often more loud and you may have roommates coming in and out at odd hours of the night. In one such party hostel in Peru, my friend woke up the next day to find a male backpacker had mistaken her backpack for the urinal while in a drunken stupor. But if you can avoid getting peed on and don't mind people in and out at odd hours of the night, a party hostel can certainly be fun. Here's a hint. If it has the word backpackers in the name, chances are it's a party hostel. But if the party life is not what you're looking for, you might find eco-friendly or boutique hostels more to your liking. Eco-friendly hostels will emphasize sustainability and natural surroundings in their photos, while boutique hostels are just dripping in bougie from the stylish furniture to the chic artwork. Boutique hostels also tend to have fewer rooms for a more exclusive feel. The perfect hostel is out there waiting for you. You just have to find it. Of course, before you book, you should read each hostel's description carefully and the reviews. For the past five years or so, really ever since I became a teacher and got on a regular payroll, AKA since I stopped being broke, I have preferred booking Airbnbs to hostels for reasons I'll probably cover in a later episode. But that doesn't mean that I wouldn't stay in a hostel nowadays. The good experiences I have had far outweigh the bad ones. I am a hermit by nature, so I love that hostels push me to get outside my comfort zone when it comes to meeting people. But I also need my alone time. On longer trips, when I'm skipping around different cities within a country, I'll do a mix of both, hostels, hotels, and Airbnbs. I tend to plan the hostel for the first few nights. This gives me a chance to break out of my shell quicker, meet people, get a lay of the land, kind of get immersed in the country right away. So what do I look for? For me, it's all about the location. You have such a limited time when traveling, so you don't want to waste it getting where you need to be. So I try to find something central to the attractions I most want to see, or if I'm doing more day trips close to a train or bus station. This will also save you money you might otherwise spend on transport. My other two non-negotiables are girls-only dorms, if I can help it, and a continental breakfast. I am a sucker for free breakfast. 
a good simple breakfast, even if it's just coffee in a croissant situation, is a great start to the day and also a great money saver. You can't tell I'm like a pro when it comes to traveling on a shoestring and saving any way you can. Um, and if you are too, hostels are definitely the way to go. While the stories I share today may deter you, please hear me out. If you have never stayed in a hostel, you need to, and here's why. It is an experience unlike any other, if anything, just to be able to say you did it. And if you make smart decisions about where to stay, you will feel just as safe and comfortable as you would anywhere else. In 2016, I traveled to the UK and France with my mom, and one of the requirements was that she had to spend the night in a hostel. While she did say the mattress situation wasn't ideal, it wasn't nearly as bad as she thought it would be, and she even made a few friends. Hostels are as safe, if not safer, than many other types of accommodation. The fact that you're sharing a space with lots of other travelers means there will always be people around. Hostels are as safe, if not safer, than many other types of accommodation. The fact that you're sharing a space with lots of other travelers means there will always be people around. Nearly all hostels come equipped with lockers in the dorms for you to lock away your valuables while you're out. And unlike the ones we had in India, they are made out of actual metal and not plywood. Provided you take the same safety precautions you would anywhere else, there's no need to be anxious about staying in a hostel. Just maybe don't get on any international trains with strangers who promise you a hostel filled with beautiful women and you'll be just fine. just listen to rerouted episode two to recap i gave you the rundown on hostel life the good the bad and the pee next week all we're bringing you something a little different and let's just say it involves wine and possibly some regrets so stay tuned for updates if you enjoyed today's show i'd love for you to subscribe rate and share this podcast with a friend you can also follow me on Instagram at Rerouted Travel, where you can reach out with any travel-related questions, episode suggestions, or feedback. Got a question about hosteling? Leave a comment on my Instagram page and I'll do my best to answer. Goodbye, my friend. Until next time, stay hungry and humble.